Dunhuang. Situated along the ancient Silk Road, where fine arts and divine beliefs merged with the natural world. It's where the East and West interacted and where the world's largest Buddhist art gallery still fascinates and amazes people today. A place where stories of life and death, love and hatred, passion and desire, faith and sacrifice have been generated and told for 2,000 years. Buckle up for our podcast, Why We Love Dunhuang, the one and only podcast that can take you to the fantasy world of Dunhuang and beyond through our audio tour. Listen and subscribe for free on major podcast platforms. Why we love Dunhuang? You will have your answers. 鸟儿的欢鸣，溪水的婉转，爱与恨，悲与喜，苦与乐，得与失。听，跳跃的文字，灵动的声音。You're Record of Feelings from a Night of Travel 最后让我们一起来欣赏英国女作家弗吉尼亚·沃尔福的一篇散文 How It Strikes a Contemporary 对当代文学的印象 More to Read 用文字抒发感情 Daily Quotes Life indeed must be measured by thought and action, not by time. John Lubbock 生命的确不该用时间来计算。而必须用思想和行为来衡量。约翰·卢伯克。我们刚才听到的这句话出自英国著名考古学家约翰·卢伯克的代表作《The Pleasures of Life》，人生的乐趣，也有的将其译作生命之乐。这本书以探讨人生乐趣为宗旨。围绕平凡人日常生活中的几大基本问题娓娓而谈口吻亲切平易近人加叙加义文采飞扬其间引述了大量名家名言极富感染力对于阅读者的人生观世界观价值观具有全方位的深层次的启蒙教化作用故而深
生命的确不该用时间来计算，而必须用思想和行为来衡量。约翰·卢伯克。墙独夜舟，星垂平野阔，月涌大江流。明起文章著，观音老病休。飘飘何所似？天地一沙鸥。Of feelings from a night of travel, Du Fu. The faintest wind bends the shoreline grass. My jutting mast soars lone in the night. Stars hang high across the boundless wilds. Moonlight streams, and the great river flows. Have my poems not given me a name? In this world, though I retired as I should, now I'm old, floating, floating like what? I don't know. My whole life just bird tracks on sand. Griffiths为您朗读。杜甫出生于公元七百一十二年，公元七百七十年去世，字子美，字号少林野老，唐代伟大的现实主义诗人。他与李白合称 李杜，后世称其杜十一、杜工部，也称他杜少林、杜草堂。杜甫在中国古典诗歌中的影响非常深远，被后世尊称为诗圣。而他的诗则被称为诗史。杜甫的思想核心是仁政思想，他有治君
，星垂烘托出原野之广阔，月涌渲染出江流的气势，以乐景写哀情，反衬出他孤苦伶仃的形象和颠连无告的凄怆心情。景莲正话反说，抒发修观的忧愤。诗人的名声因文章而显赫。诟病辞官，皆是由于远大的政治抱负长期被压抑而不能施展。尾联诗人以沙鸥自比，转喜江湖，声声哀叹，感人至深。整首诗前二联点名吕夜，后二联则紧扣抒怀。景中有情，融情于景，内容深刻，格调清丽，结构谨严，是杜甫诗歌中的经典作品。抒怀，杜甫。细草微风岸，危墙独夜舟。星垂平野阔，月涌大江流。明起文章著，观音老病休。飘飘何所似？天地。一沙鸥。Record of feelings from a night of travel. Du Fu. The faintest wind bends the shoreline grass. My jutting mast soars lone in the night. Stars hang high across the boundless wilds. Moonlight streams, and the great river flows. Have my poems not given me a name in this world? Though I retired as I should, now I'm old, floating, floating like what? I don't know. My whole life just bird tracks on sand. More to read. 文字的世界，用心用心聆听。Beauty of words. 弗吉尼亚·沃尔福是英国著名的女作家、文学批评家和文学理论家，意识流文学的代表人物，被誉为二十世纪现代主义与女性主义的先锋。我们接下来要读到的文章《How It Strikes a Contemporary》对当代文学的印象，最初发表于1923年4月5日《泰晤士报》文学增刊。此文首先谈到，一般来说评价本世代文学创作之困难。接着谈到评价20世纪文学创作，主要指现代派作品之困难，指出由于社会生活和文学观念的变化，在20世纪对新出现的作品往往难以做出准确评价，甚至褒贬之间差距很大，这是20世纪文学中的特殊问题。最后，作者提出自己的看法，认为当代文学创作中虽然还没有出现纪念碑式的鸿篇巨制。
，而只有一些精彩的断章残篇能够流传后世，但它们可以起到一个过渡作用，为未来的杰作巨著做好准备。好，下面就让我们一起来读一下这篇文章的节选片段。How it strikes a contemporary, by Virginia Woolf. 对当代文学的印象，弗吉尼亚·沃尔夫。In the first place, a contemporary can scarcely fail to be struck by the fact that two critics at the same table at the same moment will pronounce completely different opinions about the same book. Here on the right, it is declared a masterpiece of English prose. On the left, simultaneously, a mere mass of waste paper, which, if the fire could survive it, should be thrown upon the flames. 一个当代人对于这么一桩事实简直不能不感到惊奇。两位批评家坐在同一张桌子旁，在同一时刻对同一本书，却会发出截然不同的两种意见。在右边的这一位宣称它是一部英国散文杰作。与此同时，在左边的那一位却说它不过是一堆废纸。如果炉子里还有火，就该把它付之一炬。Yet both critics are in agreement about Milton and about Keats. They display an exquisite sensibility and have undoubtedly a genuine enthusiasm. It is only when they discuss the work of contemporary writers that they inevitably come to blows. The book in question, which is at once a lasting contribution to English literature and a mere farrago of pretentious mediocrity, was published about two months ago. That is the explanation. That is why they differ. 然而，关于米尔顿，关于济慈，这两位批评家倒是意见相同。他们表现出极大的敏感，无疑具有真诚的热情。可是。一讨论到当代作家的作品，他们就免不得要吵起架来。这本有争议的书是在两个月以前才出版的，它既是对于英国文学的不朽贡献，同时又是一个志大才疏者的胡乱拼凑。这就是解释，因为这个，批评家们才意见相左。The explanation is a strange one. It is equally disconcerting to the reader who wishes to take his bearings in the chaos of contemporary literature, and to the writer who has a natural desire to know whether his own work, produced with infinite pangs and in almost utter darkness, is likely to burn forever among the fixed luminaries of English letters, or, on the contrary, to put out the fire. This is a strange explanation. 它使读者和作家双方都感到不安，因为读者希望能在当代文学的混沌状态中找到自己的方向，而作家呢，自然也渴望知道自己那经过千辛万苦，而且几乎是在完全黑暗之中创造出来的作品，到底能否跻身英国文学的恒星当中，永远闪闪发光，或者相反，只能一闪即逝，烟消云散。But if we identify ourselves with the reader and explore his dilemma first, 
Our bewilderment is short-lived enough. The same thing has happened so often before. We have heard the doctors disagreeing about the new and agreeing about the old twice a year on the average, in spring and autumn, ever since Robert Elsmere, or was it Stephen Phillips? Somehow pervaded the atmosphere, and there was the same disagreement among grown-up people about these books too. 但是，如果我们能先站在读者这一边来考察一下他的困难处境，我们自己就不会迷惑很久了。这种事情从前就不断发生。我们听说，自打罗伯特·埃尔斯梅尔或者斯蒂芬·菲利普斯不知怎么散布下这种气氛以来。大约每年两次，春天、秋天各一次。那些博学之士总要对于新的作品产生意见争执，而对于旧的东西则表示意见一致。而且，成年读者们对于这些新书也同样存在意见分歧。It would be much more marvelous and indeed much more upsetting if, for wonder, both gentlemen agreed, pronounced Blank's book an undoubted masterpiece. And thus faced us with the necessity of deciding whether we should back their judgment to the extent of ten and sixpence. Both are critics of reputation. The opinions tumbled out so spontaneously here will be starched and stiffened into columns of sober prose, which will uphold the dignity of letters in England and America. 但是事情还会更加叫人吃惊不安。假如有那么一回。两位先生的意见凑巧一致，宣布某某的书是一部真正的杰作，那么我们就得做出决定，是否拿出十先令六便士来支持他们的判断，因为这两位都是有声望的批评家，他们在桌旁脱口说出的话，很快就被写成庄严而生硬的专栏文章，以维护英国和美国文学的尊严。It must be some innate cynicism, then some ungenerous distrust of contemporary genius, which determines us automatically as the talk goes on. That were they to agree, which they show no signs of doing, half a guinea is altogether too large a sum to squander upon contemporary enthusiasms, and the case will be met quite adequately by a card to the library. 某种固有的愤世嫉俗态度。还有某种对于当代天才的狭隘猜疑心，促使我们自动做出决定。随着谈话继续下去，即使他们的意见能够取得一致，不过他们并没有透露这种迹象，也不必为了当代的狂热而浪费半个基尼这么一大笔钱。对这件事，只要一张借书卡就满可以应付过去了。Still, the question remains. And let us put it boldly to the critics themselves: Is there no guidance nowadays for a reader who used to none in reverence for the dead, but is tormented by the suspicion that reverence for the dead is vitally connected with understanding of the living? After a rapid survey, both critics are agreed that there is unfortunately no such person. For what is their own judgment worth where new books are concerned? Certainly not ten and sixpence, and from the stores of their experience, they proceed to bring forth terrible examples of past blunders.
crimes of criticism which, if they had been committed against the dead and not against the living, would have lost them their jobs and imperiled their reputations. 但问题依然存在。那么，还是让我们大胆的向批评家本人们提出来吧。一个读者，尽管对于往昔作家的崇敬不比他人逊色，但一想到对于往昔作家的崇敬，恐怕要与对于当代作家的理解紧密连接起来，就不免感到惶恐不安。那么，难道就没有一个引导者吗？两位批评家向四周匆匆一瞥。然后一致表示，可惜没有这么一个人，因为谈到了新的作品，他们的判断能值几何？肯定值不到十先令六便士。从他们的大量经验中，可以找出不少过去严重错误的例子。那些批评中的大错，假如不是对于今之作者，而是对于古之作者犯下这些错误，就会使他们失掉职位。并且使他们声誉受损。The only advice they can offer is to respect one's own instincts, to follow them fearlessly, and rather than submit them to the control of any critic or reviewer alive, to check them by reading and reading again the masterpieces of the past. 他们所能提出的唯一忠告，不过是重视自己的直觉，大胆倾听自己的直觉。而不是让他们屈从于某一位当代的批评家和评论家，并且通过反复阅读以往的杰作名著来对自己的直觉加以检验。Thanking them humbly, we cannot help reflecting that it was not always so. Once upon a time, we must believe there was a rule, a discipline which controlled the great republic of readers in a way which is now unknown. That is not to say that the great critic, the Dryden, the Johnson, the Coleridge, the Arnold, was an impeccable judge of contemporary work, whose verdicts stamped the book indelibly and saved the reader the trouble of reckoning the value for himself. The mistakes of these great men about their own contemporaries are too notorious to be worth recording, but the mere fact of their existence had a centralizing influence. That alone, it is not fantastic to suppose, would have controlled the disagreements of the dinner table and given to random chatter about some book just out an authority now entirely to seek. 我们一方面向他们毕恭毕敬地表示感谢，同时也禁不住想到，情况并非一直如此。从前，我们应当相信，曾经存在过某种法则，某种戒律。他以一种在今天看来业已陌生的方式支配着广大的读书界。那并不是说像德莱顿、像约翰逊、像科尔律治、像阿诺德那样的大批评家，对于当代的创作来说就是料事如神的法官。他们的判决能给作品打上永不磨灭的印记。这么一来，读者也就省去了自己评定价值的麻烦。其实，这些大人物在看待他们同时代作家方面的失误是众所周知的，不必在此细数。但是，他们的存在本身就起着一种凝聚人心的作用。这么假定并不算想入非非，就是说，仅此一点就能对于那些餐桌上的争议给以制约，并且赋予那种关于某本刚出的书的信口漫谈以一种权威根据。
，而这个在今天是完全没有的。The diverse schools would have debated as hotly as ever, but at the back of every reader's mind would have been the consciousness that there was at least one man who kept the main principles of literature closely in view. Who, if you had taken to him some eccentricity of the moment, would have brought it into touch with permanence, and tethered it by his own authority in the contrary blasts of praise and blame. But when it comes to the making of a critic, nature must be generous, and society ripe. The scattered dinner tables of the modern world, the chase and eddy of the various currents which compose the society of our time, could only be dominated by a giant of fabulous dimensions. And where is even the very tall man whom we have the right to expect? 尽管种种不同的流派一直在那里激烈争辩，每个读者的心目中总意识到至少还有那么一个人把眼睛紧紧盯住文学的基本原则。这个人，如果你把一部当代的什么异常的作品拿给他，他就让他接受永久性的检验，并且在赞美和谴责这互相对抗的两股疾风中，用自己的权威将他维系。但是，说到一个批评家的形成素质，那就既需造物主慷慨大方，又需社会条件成熟。对于现代世界中分散各处的许许多多餐桌。以及我们当代社会里那些互相追逐、形成漩涡的种种不同的潮流，只有靠某位神话中的巨人才能把他们控制得住。然而，我们有权利期待的那位高个子人物又在哪里呢 ？Reviewers we have, but no critic. A million competent and incorruptible policemen, but no judge. Men of taste and learning and ability are forever lecturing the young and celebrating the dead. But the too frequent result of their rabble and industrious pens is a desiccation of the living tissues of literature into a network of little bones. Nowhere shall we find the downright vigor of a Dryden, or Keats with his fine and natural bearing, his profound insight and sanity. Of Flaubert and the tremendous power of his fanaticism, or Coleridge above all, brewing in his head the whole of poetry and letting issue now and then one of those profound general statements which are caught up by the mind when hot with the friction of reading, as if they were of the soul of the book itself. 评论作者，我们倒有的是，但是批评家一个也没有。我们只有成千上万能干而廉洁的警察，却没有法官。有鉴赏力、有学问、有能力的人们，一直在那里对青年人进行说教，对已故的人进行颂扬。但是，他们那熟练而勤奋的文笔常常造成的结果，不过是把富有生命力的文学机体变成了干枯的骨头架子。我们无处寻觅像德莱顿那样的真正魄力。像济慈那样的优美自然的风姿、深邃的眼光和清澈的理智，或者像福楼拜那样的狂热信念的伟力，或者最重要的，像科尔律治那样，把有诗意的事物全部拿来在自己头脑中进行酝酿，不时提出某种深刻而全面的说法，而读者在阅读中刚刚激动起来的心，对此立刻加以接受。仿佛那便是作品本身的精髓。
感谢您收听今天的美文阅读节目。您也可以通过云听 App 在线实时收听美文阅读以及轻松调频的其他节目。想要查看美文阅读节目文稿，欢迎您访问网站 radio.cgtn.com。今天的节目就到这儿，我是沈听，我们明天见。